Oh, good morning, everyone who's here, and good morning to everyone who is um, online. Great you, great you could um, be here this morning. Um, today I want to talk about a verse that I don't think I've ever heard a sermon on. But it's one of those verses that um, many of you would well, be, would well be aware that it does exist. And it's Hebrews 13.2. And it says, do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. For some who have done this have entertained angels without realizing it. So just what does this passage mean? In the Old and the New Testament, we have a number of examples where someone entertained angels. In Judges 6, Gideon is feeling downhearted. The Israelites continued to sin. They refused to do what the Lord asked. Gideon was pretty uh, insignificant. As he said, he was from the weakest clan. So Gideon asked for a sign from God as confirmation that he was to lead Israel. Then he got his answer in verses 20 to 23, which says, The angel of God said to him, Take the meat and the unleavened bread, Place them on the rock and pour out the broth. And Gideon did so. Then the angel of the Lord touched the meat and the unleavened bread with the tip of the staff that was in his hand. Fire flared from the rock, consuming the meat and the bread. And the angel of the Lord disappeared. When Gideon realized that it was the angel of the Lord, he exclaimed, Alas, sovereign Lord, I have seen the, the angel of the Lord face to face. So Gideon did what was asked of him before realizing that it was an angel talking to him. We have a similar story in Luke um, where two men walking on the road to Emmaus we, um, and they're talking with Jesus without even realizing it. But what is the meaning of this passage in Hebrews? The series throughout January is Wise Words for a New Year. So the wise words from this passage that I want to concentrate on is treat people well because you never know. To me, it instructs me to be mindful of how I treat people because you never know. I think this is especially relevant at this time. COVID has put pressure on staff in many businesses. It could be, uh, it could, uh, be they had to do extra because of COVID protocols. Or they could be working extra hours because other staff are isolating. So they might not be able to offer the services that they would like. In Monday's Bendigo Advertiser, there was an article about a Bendigo pizza shop owner who had had enough of the abuse his staff were receiving. Some were not wanting to come to work because of the abuse, which then puts more pressure on the other staff. Apparently things are not great in a hospital in this area either. So we are seeing businesses being short-staffed, so obviously they cannot offer the service that they would like. Have you ever glossed over a person and didn't realise or know who they were? Or how significant they could be in your life? Or maybe what influence 
you could have on them. This has probably happened more times than you realise. You never know the people, the paths of people you will come across each day and have a significant, positive or negative, effect on them. A Christian writer made this comment about this passage in Hebrews and he says, I remember one time I was at a conference in Las Vegas and the keynote speaker was long-winded and boring. My mind wandered a zillion miles away during his rambling and I looked for a fork to stick in my thigh to keep me awake. So I hope that's not you uh, this morning. Looking. After a break, I was in the bathroom and a gentleman next to me made an ill-advised comment about the speaker and wondered who was responsible for putting this tedious person on the stage. That would be me, were the words that came out of the cubicle next to him. It was the president of the company. The man who made the snarky comment was embarrassed and his voice quivered after he was asked to introduce himself to the head of the company. Be careful what you say and who you say it around. So this author tells another story about a baseballer called Michael Lorenz. Michael was a pitcher for the Cincinnati Reds and was a fan favourite. Michael's story went something like this, he says. I kept hearing his words and couldn't get away from them. I could, couldn't sleep because his words were just there in my mind over and over and over. He was a junior baseball star at Fullerton High School in Southern California. He displayed a confidence in life and on the field and dreamed of the day he would play in the big league. He had many friends due to his stardom and personality. However, without any real church influence or positive role models in his life, he turned to drugs and alcohol. Michael's life changed forever on a high school homecoming night. He and his buddies headed to one of their favourite hangouts on the Huntington Beach Pania. Amidst their fun, they noticed an older man they had never seen before. They edged closer and listened to what he had to say. The stranger grabbed his attention and stayed and listened. The words were about Jesus and how the Lord would save Michael if he asked. His friends ridiculed the preacher who approached the group of friends and asked if he could share the story of Christ with them. Although Michael was high on drugs, he remembered the story about a man who died for his sins. The story about how the Saviour was crucified on the cross and rose three days later echoed in his mind. I got convicted right there, he said. I was high, but I knew right from wrong. I knew what I was doing was wrong and I needed to change my life. Michael and his friends believed they had entertained an angel unaware. A few days later, he surrendered the call and gave his heart to the Lord. 
He tried to find the mysterious preacher, but never could. Michael told him how he hung out on the pier quite often and had never seen the man before that one night or since. He even went back to the pier a few times to find, out, find him, but it was in vain. One encounter changed his life forever. God put Michael and the preacher together for one reason. So how do you act in front of people? The way you present yourself can have an impact on someone you don't know for the rest of their life. Your actions can leave an imprint, which is a long-lasting impression, on your character everywhere you go. So treat people well. Because your actions could have a positive or negative impact on you, or that encounter could have a positive or negative impact on them. I guess the point I'm trying to get across here was seen in a show, I don't know whether some of you could remember, called Undercover Boss. And Undercover Boss was a show where the CEO of the business would come down and work with his workers. And then they, he would see what they had to go through. But then... The workers, I guess, also had to be careful of what they said to their boss, unknowingly said to their boss. So you need to be careful just what you do. So let me just share with you um, a couple of short stories on the importance of treating people well. And I would think that many of you, especially in the older generation here, you would, you would have your own stories that you could relate to um, along this particular area about... Um, treating people well and um, how that ha and the impact that that has had. So, always be careful how you treat people. Um, so, some of you may know that um, I'm an umpire in the, the Bendigo Football League and been doing it for over, over 10, 10 years. About 10 years ago, I was umpiring a match between the top team, Golden Square, and the bottom team, Kitan, at the Golden Square football ground. And um, at that particular match, there was myself as the central umpire. The other central umpire was the phys ed teacher at the school that I taught at at the time. And the goal umpire was, who comes here today, Mr Miller over here, he was the goal umpire. And he also taught at the school that I taught at at that particular time, which is Creek Street Christian College. So three of the umpires were umpiring that particular game. Now, it's a little bit of a famous game because the, um, the Starful Ford of Golden Square at the time, so anyone who follows local football would know of this person called Grant Weeks, he kicked 21 goals that day. So that is a lot of goals. And one of my memories from it was um, um, I was down the Golden Square end in the last quarter. He kicked eight goals in the last quarter. And, um, uh, and I was continually going, all clear, Mr Miller, who was the goal umpire. All clear, Mr Miller. And that's sort of one of my nicknames today, all clear, Cordwell. Um, and um, 
as he kicked eight goals in that in the last quarter. Oh, sorry, nine in the last quarter. I've been corrected. All right. <laughs> um, so, um, but Kitan got absolutely thrashed. So often when players are losing, who do they blame? The umpires. All right, the umpires. But you need to be careful. You need to be careful. The following Monday, the six foot five Kitan Ruckman walked into my school. He had come to do his teaching rounds. <laughs> Not only so, he had to report to me as the assistant principal who was in charge of the looking after students coming to do their teaching rounds. Not only that, the supervising teacher, who was the phys ed teacher, was the other umpire. And we had Mr. Miller there as well. So three umpires from that particular game were now about to decide his teaching future. Now, fortunately, he did not give us a hard time during the game. Some of the players did, but he didn't. But I often think of that story of just imagine if he had have given us a hard time, abused the, the, abused the umpires, and then turned up on that Monday, and there we were all there to greet him. Just imagine, because we do get over the years quite a bit of abuse. So you never know. Even umpires do have lives outside of football. You know, we have, you know, we've got... Um, one guy who's a doctor, you know, imagine uh, you know, abusing him and then needing some desperate help and at some point, oh, I've just been abusing you today. Sorry, mate. Ah, you, don't, you never know. My second story. Um, many years ago now, I had this 16-year-old girl have this crush on me. I was 20 years old and um, I just wasn't interested. No, too young. Just wasn't my type. And um, I had seen some other, uh, you know, my friends who had gone, you know, had, you know, they had sort of had, you know, a keen on something. And some people, they could be quite awful. You know, I said, oh, I don't want to go out with you and, um, and be quite awful. I wasn't awful. I just said, no, nah, not interested, not interested. But girls often between the ages of 16 can blossom. And then I started to think, oh, she looks a bit of all right. And in 10 days' time, I would have been married to her for 36 years. <laughs> so you never know. You never know. One more little story um, involves Peter Ten Boom. Now, many of the older generation here would have heard of Peter Ten Boom. Um, probably more would know better his, his more famous auntie, Corrie Ten Boom. All right, so for those who don't know uh, Corrie Ten Boom, um, she was from Holland 
and her family were involved during uh, um, World War II of, holding, of um, hiding Jewish people. And then when the, co when the coast was clear, they would then uh, transport them to um, uh, you know, some, another country or something like that um, uh, for safety. And uh, the, um, the Nazis had their suspicions for quite a while that they were doing it, but they couldn't quite catch them. They ended up sending someone in undercover and eventually they got, they got caught. So that was the last that Corrie and her sister saw, last time they saw her father. He had died not long after that. Corrie and Betsy were sent to a concentration camp. And Corrie does not know, never knew why, but... For some reason, she was released. She believed that they made some mistake on her, um, some, some clerical error, and she was released. The war was over, and there was a lot of animosity towards the Nazis. Corrie, um, who had a film called The Hiding Place made about her, she then went around the world spreading her message of the love and forgiveness of Jesus. So even though all what she'd been through, she could still love and forgive people. One particular time getting later in her life, her and her nephew Peter, they went to Israel to, um, um, uh, to speak there. And Peter was in his late 40s, I think, at that particular time, and he had quite a serious heart attack. And he was too serious to be transported back to Holland. But he didn't have the money to pay for the heart operation that was required. The heart surgeon walked in and said, are you any relation to the Ten Boom family? from Harlem in, in Holland. And he said, yep, that's my family. And the heart surgeon said, I'm one of the children that your family saved. I would not be here if it wasn't for your family. So you don't have to worry about the cost of this operation. It's all been taken care of. I'll do it for free. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. For some who have done this have entertained angels without realising it. So treat people well because you never know. This passage from Hebrew also fits into Jesus' teaching which has become known as the golden rule in Matthew 7.12. says, Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. We want people to treat us well, so we should treat others well. So this is the wisdom from the Word of God that I would like to bring to you today. Just this. Treat people well because you never know. Let's pray. Lord God, Father, we just want to thank you for your Word and...
the great teaching that that is in your word and and lord even though your word is so old it is still so relevant to us today lord i just pray that you will just um help us to be mindful of this particular passage lord the importance of treating people well whether there's anything in it for us or not that is what you have asked us to do and lord i just pray that you will help us to do that and lord i just ask for confession um, for any times lord that comes to our minds of times where we have not treated people in the manner that you would have expected us to lord we thank you lord for your love and for your forgiveness thank you lord that um, for your death on the cross and through that death on the cross that our sins can be forgiven in jesus name i pray amen